There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. What are you waiting for? You play, you win, you get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. From oh, oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that. Victor on the deep floor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Got an emergency episode here tonight for you guys. Um, and it's actually going to be just me here today. I'm your host, Chris Cook. Um, and some big news uh, from the Pacers front. Actually recording this right now on a Friday night. It's currently 8.53 p.m. And about an hour, hour and a half ago or so, uh, actually it was probably about two hours ago, uh, there was some news that was dropped about Domantas Sabonis, the Indiana Pacers' young, promising uh, young big, um, and contract talks between uh, him and the team fizzling. Now, the big thing to note here is that the contract extension deadline is this upcoming Monday. So, uh, teams with these restricted free agents or, t- or players that are entering restricted free agency this offseason uh, have the ability to sign an extension up until uh, Monday. Uh, so that's why this news is breaking right around this time. The Pacers had been working with Sabonis to 
try to get an offer before the season starts. Get get this all done so it would be one less thing to worry about during the season as well as uh, in the upcoming summer. And it just looks like uh, the two can't come to an agreement. So um, I'm going to dish some of my thoughts here today uh, without my co-host, who uh, I'll talk to about this uh, in our upcoming show when we do the NBA preview show. We'll, we'll definitely be talking about this and hopefully have uh, more news by then. But wanted to make sure that we touch base with you tonight just to uh, had to air out some thoughts on the whole situation. So from where we've started, uh, this tweet was actually sent out. I'll give you the exact time. It was at 6.18 p.m. So it was about two and a half hours ago uh, the news broke. And it was tweeted by Sam Amick of The Athletic. And he reported from sources that Pacers big man may be on the move. Contract talks have went far apart in the last few days. And apparently the Pacers have been listening to offers from other teams on Sabonis. Those teams were not disclosed. Um, no, there You know you get those people on Twitter who aren't very... Well verified accounts that'll say that they know who the teams are, but there have been no teams disclosed as uh, teams that have been talking to the Pacers, but uh, apparently the Pacers have been listening to offers, and as I said, the extension deadline's Monday night, and that's why this news is breaking out right around this time, which... It's kind of tricky because opening night's five days away from now. So uh, Scott Agnes, who's the Pacers reporter for The Athletic, also confirmed the report. uh, But he also said that the Pacers are just listening. So that's going to be one of my points here that I do want to talk about. Uh, So number one and number two, uh, Scott Agnes's point. Um, And I'm just going to run through a series of points here. I got some bullet points here for the show. Um, But I'm just kind of going off the cuff today. Um, don't have like an agenda plan like I usually do, um, but I have a few bullet points and I'm going to be going through them. Um, so if this is a little, uh, you know, not as organized as our usual shows are, it's because news just broke two and a half hour ago. Two and a half hours ago, it's a Friday night and I barely had time to repair. So please bear with me on that. Um, anyways, my first bullet point on this: the key word in this to me is the word listening, and. That makes sense to me. I, I don't think if you're the Pacers and and you're, you're working on deals for this young big man who's got plenty of talent, he's going to be an all-star at some point, um, and you'd be dumb not to listen to offers. I mean, that's kind of a given, right? I mean, you can't work out a deal with him. Okay, fine. What happens if you wait? Um, so they can definitely, they, it doesn't look like the two are going to come to an agreement. So it looks like he's going to go into the season without a new contract. So what happens if you wait? Well, the thing is, let's just say 2020 free agency comes right around the corner. Um, you know, so-and-so team needs a center. They have the cap space to do so. What's stopping them from throwing Domantas Sabonis a $25 million contract? Uh, and the Pacers are like, no thanks. Um, and they just let him walk. Well, then you let him leave for absolutely nothing. Is that what the Pacers want to do? Hell no. They don't want Sabonis to leave uh, for absolutely nothing. That would just be completely uh, the worst-case scenario. So right now, they're doing the smart thing. They're preparing themselves. They're not actively going out there, I don't feel like. And, of course, I'm not in the front office. I don't know. But I don't feel like they're actively going out there and saying, we got to get rid of this guy, who would you give us? I think they're they're sitting back in their offices. They've maybe made the claims out there that, hey, 
Sabonis may be available. Give us your best offer. And they're waiting on that best offer right now. Uh, and if, if, if a great offer comes through, they're going to pull the trigger. Um, and that's simply because they just don't want to lose him for nothing in the offseason. That would just be demoralizing to the franchise. You traded uh, Paul George for not only Oladipo, but also this guy. And they both turned out to be studs. And you don't want to lose Sabonis for absolutely nothing. So worst case scenario situation right there is he plays the season out. Um, and then he would walk. And obviously the Pacers would still have his rights. Um, but they would forego matching the contract because some other team could offer him a shit ton of money. So, yes, they control his destiny, but either they could overpay for him if they match a contract, or they would just be forced to let him walk like the Bucks did with Malcolm Brogdon because they couldn't afford to pay him that much money. So that's the one thing I caught here. Biggest thing here is they are listening to offers. So I wouldn't get to carried away um yeah the news broke kind of out of nowhere i wouldn't get too upset about the news um i would be more concerned if you had news that the pacers weren't listening to offers that would be concerning to me because i would rather like you guys i would rather trade sabonis right now uh and get something out of it rather than lose him in the summer because we're not going to match an offer just makes sense to me um, my second point here is kind of an extension of what I just said. Uh, Amic had also reported that the Pacers' asking price is too high. Well, duh. Obviously, the asking price is too high. You're not going to get rid of Sabonis for nothing. So, um, those two things, I mean, coupled with the fact that nothing ever really leaks from the Pacers' organization. Look back... Any of the last few seasons, even before then, when there's been reports of the Pacers being interested in a guy or reports of the Pacers going after a guy, they never came to fruition. Um, but the the things that you never heard about, uh, most recently, recent, recent bias here, Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, no one heard anything uh, about those things before they happened. And they just came out of nowhere. So it's kind of fishy to me that this news broke. I don't feel like the Pacers released this information. Um, maybe they did for some reason. Maybe they're playing back and forth game with uh, Sabonis's agent right now. I don't know. I don't know how all that shit works. But I just don't see the Pacers releasing this information. Especially the big article that just came out in Bleacher Report the other day. Um, about... There's a bullet point in there about the Pacers making sure they talk to uh, a uh, one of the players ahead of time when they're like 34% of the way that they're almost traded. So like, if there's a really good expectation that a player is going to be traded, they're going to talk to the player first rather than have the player find out randomly from somebody else. So that's just why I think it's fishy. Um, I don't know who who's trying to gain le leverage in this situation. I don't know if someone just got their hands on this story somehow. I don't know. I mean, obviously it was leaked by somebody, but from, I just don't know from whose side benefits from leaking this information. Um, 
it, it's especially you know when you got five days out from the season, it's kind of hard to trade people right now because um, with Sabonis, I believe if you trade him now, um, you you would have to extend him first because you're trading him based on what he's going to make this season, and uh, this season he only makes three and a half million dollars, so. You'd have to pair him with somebody else on the team that has a bigger contract if you want to go out and get a decent player. Or you'd have to trade him for another one of these restricted free agents who's making around the same amount of money and then make sure that you match their offer in the offseason so you risk overpaying another restricted free agency. So it's just a tough situation. You're not going... I, I just don't know what the Pacers could get out of this right now. So my gut feeling tells me that I don't think he gets traded. Um, but I could be very well be wrong on that. I've been very well well wrong on a lot of things. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't foresee uh, Sabonis getting traded. Um, but everything coming out, I mean, I just don't think there's any been. I don't think there's been any real breaking news here. The Pacers are doing their due diligence like they should, um, and I don't think there's any sense of panic in the organization right now. A um, couple of the points here I had was the biggest impact of this situation is for the Pacers, their highest paid player this season. Is Victor Oladipo. He makes $21 million. Followed by Malcolm Brogdon, who makes $20 million. And then Miles Turner, who's uh, getting into that first year of his extension. He's going to be making $18 million a year. So here's what I'm betting is happening. Sabonis, who's seeing... Um, he's seeing reports of guys like Buddy Heald like Jalen Brown. Four years, $80 million being thrown out for Brown. Four years, $90 million being thrown out for Buddy Heald. They're saying, no, you got to give me a better offer than this. Heald being offered $22 million a year. I know he averaged 21 points last year, I believe. But do you think Buddy Heald's worth $21 million or $22 million a year? No, I don't think so. Um, and he wants more than that. And Jalen Brown, uh, he's shown flashes of promise, but do you think he's worth $80 million over four years? Maybe, uh, if you're paying for potential. And that's the offer he got, see? So he wants more than that. He thinks his worth is more than that. And the big reason behind this, in my eyes, is because these restricted free agents and their agents are playing it smart. And that's because if you look at the 2020 free agent class, it is poo-poo, okay? 2019 free agent class, it was a hell of a free agent class. Uh, 2018 class was pretty good. But 2019, great free agent class. 2021 is going to be a great free agent class. But 2020, just take a look at it. It is poo-poo. It is the poo-poo of poo-poo, okay? Um I know Anthony Davis is a name that's going to be out there. He has a player option that he's going to not opt to not opt into at the end of the season um, to make more money with the Lakers. He's going to re-sign with the Lakers. So I don't even view Anthony Davis as a free agent this offseason. He's going to be, 
but you're not going to hear any hoopla around him because Anthony Davis is in L.A. The, the media doesn't care. They want him to stay in L.A. He's where they want him to be. There's going to be no rumors. Um, and then you have other guys here. I'll just throw out some player option players possibilities. Gordon Hayward, he's he ain't opting out of $31 million. He ain't going to be a free agent. Paul Millsap, uh, DeMar DeRozan, I don't think he's opting out of $27 million. I mean, the list goes on. Andre Drummond, uh, he could opt in at $25 million. Um, you got Serge Ibaka, Jeff Teague, Derek Favors, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, Batum, who's got a player option, he's going to opt into that, of course. I mean, this is just not a very good free agent class coming up. So these restricted free agents, they see this. And they think to themselves, well, look at this. Um, there's going to be teams that want to get better in the offseason next year, obviously. They don't want to wait until 2021. They want to buy in now. They're one player away. Uh, maybe it's a young team that's looking for you know, big piece, and they just can't afford to wait anymore. And these teams have cap space, and they can throw whatever they want out there. So let's just say, I, I mean, I don't know the cap space figures, but let's just say a team without a legitimate center right now, um, let's throw one out there tough off the top of my head here. I mean, there's actually some pretty good centers in this league. Let's just say the New York Knicks. They have, uh, who is there? Mitchell Robinson. So they got a good center, but we're just going to use the Knicks as the example here. And the Knicks use a lot of their cap space this offseason, but let's just assume next season that the Knicks in this example have tons of cap space. They're not going to be very good. They'll be an average team, uh, if not worse. And they see Domantas Sabonis, and they're like, "Wow, that Sabonis kid—he's—he's—he's he's, he's looking pretty good in Indiana. Uh, he's had a good two or three seasons there. Um, I—I th- I think this kid could could be big if you know we, we come make him the focal point of the offense. He's—he's uh, he's starting at the center position. He's not playing alongside a big man. I think we should offer him uh, a fair amount over his market price." just to make sure that Indiana isn't able to match him, and because we can afford it. So they come out, and they offer him somewhere between 25 to $30 million a year. And then let's say Sabonis accepts that deal. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is I'm applying it to now. Uh, but Sabonis goes for that deal. The Pacers have a choice. You let Sabonis walk, or... Uh, you match him and match it and pay him somewhere between twenty-five to thirty million dollars a year. Well, who do you think? And I'm not saying. I mean, we're all human. Miles Turner, he's a great guy. Um, but who do you think is going to be offended by that? And I just said his name, but the most offended by that is Miles Turner. This man who, on his own, signed an extension. If he would have waited, he probably would have made more money last offseason. But you're telling me that Sabonis, who plays the same position as I do, who you've told me I'm just as valuable as he is, he's going to be making 7 to $8 million more than me a year? Is that fair? So the Pacers are kind of stuck in that predicament right now. They're probably offering Sabonis um, 
you know, somewhere in that $18 million range, as Woj had reported, that's a starting point. And they probably don't want to go much over that because they don't want to piss Miles off. And then you also have Oladipo, who is good friends with Sabonis, and he's going to get a massive contract, hopefully, from the Pacers in 2021. But he makes $21 million a year. Is he going to be comfortable with Sabonis making more than him in one season? I mean, Vic's, Vic probably won't care, but I mean, that's also something that you have to have to consider um, in this situation, in my eyes. So, I think the whole thing is, from this point of view, is you want to get the extension done now, but these restricted free agents and players know that they can make a lot more money if they wait. So right now, why not drive up the price? Why not come out and say, yeah, give me somewhere between 20 to $25 million because I think I can make that this offseason. I'm going to bank on possibly making that much this offseason because there's not much out there in the free agency market. I think this is a good year for me to get paid. And had it been any other year, had this been this free agent class coming up been like the 19 or the 21, I don't think these guys would have this type of, and I hate using the word leverage, but I don't think they would have this type of leverage. So kind of bad timing there for the Pacers. Um, but I think that... Uh, I don't know. It's a tough spot, and I just I wouldn't want to be in it if I was them. There's just a lot of personal factors that you have to consider. Uh, from you know, Miles Turner making 18 million a year. Uh, do you really want to pay a guy who's you know you've said is in the same ballpark as him that much more than that? And Pacers fans obviously want to pay us a bonus, whatever it takes to keep him. I feel like I do. Um, so I mean. The other big thing, I guess, is seeing how these two play play with one another this offseason, but you're not going to be able to see that until after the deadline. So it's a very tricky situation, and I can definitely understand why the Pacers have waited, um, or excuse me, have, have started to listen to, to some offers. Um, simply because you don't want to get caught up in the offseason to the point where you have to make a decision to overpay or let the guy walk for nothing. So kind of my thoughts there. I, I, I'm not necessarily very concerned about the situation. I'm not shocked. I thought it was kind of odd. We hadn't heard anything yet. Um, Miles's extension, I think, around the same time last year was over a week before the season started. Um, and from what you've been hearing from these other guys this week, i.e. Heald and Brown, I mean, it's just kind of been bad, bad timing and nothing really the Pacers can do about it except listen. Um, and I mean, if they want to pay some bonus, what he's asking for right now, go ahead. Um, I would be okay with it personally. Um, but I can see the internal uh, dysfunction that could come from it. So it makes sense to me. I can see both sides of it. But as a fan, like you, um, I want Sabonis in a Pacers uniform for, for many years to come. So that's why um, I'm glad that I'm not in this situation right now. Um, so then I guess my next point here, too, is more on the... Uh, 
So Sam Amick, I think he used to, or maybe he still writes for USA Today. He's the guy who broke the story. And yes, Scott Agnes confirmed the report. Um, so I believe there there is this these talks, but why? And I'm looking right now to make sure there's nothing else here. But why haven't we heard anything from Woj yet? Why haven't we heard anything from Shams? Those are really the only two guys in the industry that I trust about information. Maybe uh, Chris Haynes, I think, from, from Yahoo as well. But when it comes to the guys that you want to hear information from, you go to Woj and Shams 1 and 2. Chris Haynes maybe down there a little bit um, at number 3. But Sam Amick, I don't know what really news he's broke. He's a name that I know of. Um, he's got a check mark. He's from the Athletic, so I'm not questioning. Um, the only thing I might, I might think here, and I, this just came off the top of my head, is maybe Amick got the information from another team. Maybe the another team had told him that they were pursuing a trade for him. They didn't want to disclose who they were. Uh, the organization that was trying to make a deal, but maybe he's heard this information from another team because why would Sam Amick have this information? That's just odd to me. I would figure anything like this would come from Woj or Shams. So, yeah, I, I, I maybe, maybe I'm being swayed that way too that Amick was fed this information from a team that was trying to make a trade for Sabonis. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe other teams have, you know, they saw that it's taken this long to make an extension. Some team just called the Pacers up and they're like, hey, I, I've seen that it's taking you this long to get a deal done. Is everything okay? Um, any chance that he's on the trade block? Maybe Kevin Pritchard was like, yeah, I'm, what do you got? What's your offer? And then maybe in turn they release the information to the guy. Uh, Amic, but I don't know how that benefits them. So I don't know. It, it's I got like a bunch of theories going on in my head. But um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. As I mentioned earlier, Pacers are typically very quiet about stuff. You don't hear things come out of the organization. So that's why I'm not very concerned at this point. Um, but. If I had to say likelihood of a trade happening right now uh, in October, November, anything before December 15th, I'm going to say very low and can put me on freezing cold takes. I might be wrong, but I'd say very low. Um, after that, maybe. Uh, December 15th, I believe, is the date that after that you can start trading for um, players who were signed in the offseason. So that looks more like more of a you know spot where the Pacers could could do a trade, but I don't see him being traded. I see him working this thing out, and um, I, I mean Sabonis, he's a good friends with Miles. Uh, he's very good friends with Victor. I mean he's in the Pacers uh, it, when he played in OKC, they didn't utilize him the way that he needed to be utilized he played a lot of the times uh, outside the arc and he shot threes and the Pacers knew who he was and they played him as he should have been played he is a starter in this league and that's why he is going to start this season 
So I could understand if the Pacers told him, no, you're going to stay on the bench, and he demanded a trade. I could see it. But this is just kind of, I don't know. So I don't think I don't think a trade happens. My gut tells me that he stays with the Pacers. That's what my gut tells me. But I'm just like you. I'm just a fan, and I just have hunches here. And I'm probably wrong, but um, it is what it is. So that's enough about that right now. I'll talk to... Uh, to the guys about that on uh, Sunday when we record the uh, NBA preview show. Um, the last thing I want to say here before I sign off. What the hell is wrong with that dude, Zach Lowe? Okay? I know a lot of people. I d- I'm sorry. A lot of people like love some of these like national writers and they think they're so good. Um, what has Zach Lowe ever done? And I know I'm a, you know, I'm a garbage podcast host here uh, about the Indiana Pacers in the Midwest. But what has Zach Lowe done that's been so great? Obviously, he's, he's talented, he's skilled, he's got to where he's at, he's worked his butt off. But what has he done? He does this prediction things every year, and people take it like he's you know, the Messiah and all these predictions come true and he's written, he's wrote, I mean, the, the the other thing is he used to write for Bill Simmons and Bill Simmons, yeah, I'm not a Bill Simmons guy, but anyways, um, next up on the here is today, uh, Lowe had released his, uh, predictions for the upcoming season and if you've I don't listen to his podcast, um, but I've seen people talking about it. He's been very low on the Pacers. He doesn't think the Pacers are going to do well this season, and I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I understand where your doubts could come from. I mean, you never watch him play. Um, you, you watch all the big market teams. You don't watch many Pacers games. I understand that, um, but I mean, it's just very disrespectful and I know we have no idea when Oladipo is going to come back from his injury. But to say that they're going to miss the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And he also said it about the Golden State Warriors in the West, which I also think is blasphemy. But he says the Pacers are going to miss the playoffs in the East. Which doesn't make sense to me. And some of his points. Uh, TJ Warren. Uh, he hasn't played any meaningful minutes. So what? what is that telling me? Like, any player on the Suns, if they go to another team, they're just not going... I mean, they've never played meaningful minutes in the NBA. They're not going to be very good. So if Devin Booker, when he demands a trade from the Suns and he goes somewhere else, you're going to tell me that he's never played a meaningful minute in his life? Shut the hell up, Zach Lowe. <laughs> I mean, if Devin Booker got traded to the Lakers, you would be saying it was the greatest trade of of all time and he would be making such a difference on uh, the Lakers and I know Booker and Warren way different discussion here in terms of talent but my goodness what a stupid argument and someone had pointed that out on me today on Twitter and I'm glad he did I wish I could shout you out right now but I, I can't look it up um, but very good point it's a lazy take I think it was Yannick Boom Yannick Boom I think it was you um and then the other thing here is he's nervous about losing Thaddeus Young and Bojan Bogdanovic. Thaddeus Young, I understand, just a utility player, beloved pacer, 
not going to say a bad thing about him, but Bogdanovich, when, when are we getting to this point where people are acting like he's some superstar? I mean, he's good, and the Pacers helped him progress his career. But he's not hes not a superstar in this league. Um, he was an average defender, and before he got here, he wasn't a good defender whatsoever. He got better. The biggest thing he did was he got better at um, playing with a ball in his hand, attacking the basket. He got way better at that. But let's not act like there's a big drop-off, I feel like, from Bojan to TJ Warren because there's not. Um, and I'm not saying Bojan, it's yet to be seen who's a better fit on the team, but don't tell me that Bojan is this much better than TJ Warren because that's not true. Um, so yeah, some of his points here, and I believe he said they were going to win 35 games, which is just disrespectful. Absolutely disrespectful. He loved Malcolm Brogdon, I bet, when Brogdon was on the Bucks. Now he doesn't love him so much. So it just doesn't make sense to me. 35 wins. He has the Chicago Bulls ahead of them. The Orlando Magic ahead of them. Um, I believe the Pistons ahead of them. Um, he's got the Heat, who I think people are overrating. Uh, Brooklyn, he has Toronto ahead of them. I mean, I'm not saying the Pacers are going to be a top three seed, but come on, missing the playoffs, that's just a bold move. That's just a bold move, move in, in my eyes. That's something that I couldn't even predict or feel like that would happen to the Pacers this season is missing the playoffs. They have talent. They're a deep team. I mean, they don't have any superstars, but my goodness, they're a deep team. And they're well-coached. Uh, Dan Burke, great defensive coach. Nate McMillan, people complain, but he's done a f fairly decent job with the Pacers. They're well-coached, well-ran, have great front office, and you're telling me they're going to miss the playoffs over the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> who, it just, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's just bullshit. So, Zach Lowe, feel free, take that article you wrote, um, I'm going to assume you just wrote it on a pad of paper. Take that pad of paper and throw it in the shredder. And just rewrite something else because that was complete bullshit. All right, Zach Lowe. Freaking Zach Lowe. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this emergency episode podcast. I've enjoyed talking to you all by myself here tonight. Um, but my words of wisdom to you guys going into uh, the rest of this weekend, go Colts, number one. And number two, just relax. Uh, it's going to be okay. If the Pacers can't figure out with something out with Sabonis, they'll make the right move. So peace, love. Have a good weekend, guys.